filibuster receives sponsorship from the Ehrlich Law Office, Discrimination, Wage, and Litigation Solutions for Northern Virginia and the District of Columbia. They want you to know that your rights matter, you deserve to be free from harassment, and you deserve to work. They cover workplace discrimination and wage theft, non-competition and non-solicitation litigation, civil rights, takings and disability, and a lot more. For a free consultation, go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster. Kristen, we were about to tell you, and we're going to tell you now. Um, we have we have our the second half of our show. We have Ben Olson as our guest, and wh- while interviewing him for that segment, uh, and really, like I think, if I've got my timeline correct, like rounding into possibly asking about um, TFC, uh, there's like a background noise, and and then all of a sudden he's like, "Hey guys, hey, hey Josie, hey," uh, and carries on. So. While what? we are having our interview, he ends up coming across Josie Altador and I assume other TFC players um, in the lobby or possibly just walking down the hall. It's not clear. Um, oh, dear Lord. But uh, we didn't follow yes. up. One thing I want to follow up with you, though, is are you aware that Josie Altador is clearly leading a spy ring into DC United trying to glean tactics from podcast interviews? while he's giving them well obviously like that's his main (laughs) source of information for the team like he can't play so he might as well gather intel he's an international man of mystery exactly played all over the world why do you why do you think he travels to see his lady play like Mm -hmm. come on it's right there josie outdoor is up there on the list of mls players that are most likely to actually be a spy he's he's up there or if you've seen who else is on that list if you've seen uh, uh, the leftovers, maybe Josie Altador is an international assassin. <laughs> Wears a white suit, goes, kills people. I mean, you never know. Yeah, I think Felipe's on Felipe is on that list. He yeah, talks probably. about he talks about people no, working no, in the lab. He can't be on that list yeah. because someone would have killed him by now for being so horrible. But he's so nice off the field. That's the thing is he can change personalities. He, really? he can fit in. Also, yeah. Felipe is going up in my regard because he was just dunking on uh, Zlatan today, and I loved it in both English and Italian uh, on Twitter. So I'm 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 pro Felipe. Oh, I missed that. We we've come around on him. Some of us, in spite of ourselves. <laughs> I will. Um, I'll take it under advisement. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, welcome in. This is filibuster, the Black and Red United, and. MLS Players Who Are Spies podcast. I'm Adam Taylor, uh, joined as always by Jason Anderson and Ben Bromley from Black and Red United, and tonight by Kristen Knowles from the Vocal Minority podcast up there in Toronto. Um, We're here to talk about MLS and uh, specifically about DC United's opening game in the oh-so-cleverly-named MLS's back tournament. Um, Oh, so clever. Normally, this is where... Normally, this is the exact moment when I say the time you can watch the game and how you can watch the game, but we're going to get into that because it's changed since um, this morning as we record this. So before we do anything, Kristen, you're our guest here tonight. What are you drinking? I am drinking a Great Lakes Brewery Canuck Pale Ale. Ooh. 
from yes. the United States of America. But um, for Canada, no, clearly. From from about uh, a 20-minute bike ride from where I am. Oh, the, right well, there's a, there's a Great Lakes Brewery in Cleveland, Ohio as well. Oh, no, no, no. This is Toronto-based. This is on oh, the Oh, okay. Oh, okay. wild. Oh yeah, so no, I, this is. Uh, is it the same company, just different locations, or? No, 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 no. This is. So I guess e- each of them does not have to abide by the trademark laws of the other country. Apparently not, because this is definitely a Canadian company. Um, okay, I, I would have I, I would have been surprised if you were drinking it in a, a United States, especially in Ohio, uh, a beer. <laughs> that would have been quite the shock. <laughs> it's true. Um. Anyway, yes, I uh, I I figured. It was it was a good choice for today. Yeah, Ben, what are you drinking? So I am continuing my descent into daddom, and I have a different scotch this time than the last time I was on this podcast. Uh, yes, I'm I, tonight. I am having Johnny Walker Black, and I'm really enjoying it. It's better than Shivas Regal. Uh, I still can't pronounce it how the Scots pronounce it, and that's fine. <laughs> Nobody can pronounce things how Scots pronounce things. I'm just going to pronounce it like the former MLS team. Um, but yes, Johnny Walker Black is definitely significantly better for a similar price point. Uh, I'm also okay. drinking whiskey. I've got Four Roses bourbon, small batch. Nice. It's that's quite good, great. especially at the price point. Did you buy it in D.C. or in Kentucky? Bought it in DC. Um, huh. Brought back uh, some Buffalo Trace from Kentucky, which I think I had on the show last week. Um, but this one is a Kentucky whiskey that I got in DC at my friend's wine shop. So, Jason, uh, I guess I'll, I'll make it three for three on a general whiskey front for oh, the. If I could see the drink schedule ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got uh, Pikesville Rye. So nice. different types, different genres of whiskey every time. But uh, I got Pikesville Rye on one gigantic ice cube. There you go. Kristen, what kind of whiskey would you be drinking? Were you drinking whiskey? Oh, if I was drinking whiskey and I had the, if I had the money, I would be drinking Lagavulin because it is my absolute favorite mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. adore it. Um, but so you'd go you to Scotch, joint- you'd repeat a category. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I also it's delicious. I'm not a crown Fair. royal person. I apparently that's sacrilege being Canadian, but you know it's just not my thing. So I I like I like the good stuff. And uh, but you know what, Johnny Walker Black, that is a that is an adequate. Um, you know what? It doesn't doesn't break your bank completely. No, it's exactly. Tasty. That's it's what actually, I'm saying. It's actually tasty. It's a perfectly cromulent scotch. It yeah, I, I also tried some uh, Cuddy Sark and some uh, famous grouse recently, and those were definitely less less tasty. I, I, I don't know if you saw like the shudder that went through my body when you said <laughs> Cuddy Sark. I was like, don't do that to yourself. That's just yeah. wrong. I mostly mixed I, it with ginger ale. Lots of ginger ale. When, yeah. when I think of Cuddy Sark, I think of either like a grandfather, but not my grandfather. Um, just someone else's grandfather and uh, Joe Pesci committing murder in, in Goodfellas. Those are the apparently, two things yeah. that apparently Ted, Kennedy, reminds me of. apparently Ted Kennedy bought it by the case. 
And there's your answer he was, right there. He so, was a grandfather. Yeah. He was. And Not mine. Fits the bill. But somebody's. <laughs> All right. Let's let's get to the soccer, or at least the the hopefully for for soccer. Yeah. The, the, um, the promise of soccer. There you go. Um, we'll start with the the timing of DC United and Toronto FC. The their Group C opener has been delayed. Originally set for 8 p.m. this Friday, July 10th. The game is now moved to Sunday, the 12th at 9 a.m. You know, just a subtle shift in the timing there. Um, kegs and eggs kind of soccer time for that one. Uh, it'll be on ESPN two and ESPN plus here in the States and something called TSN in Canada. Kristen, I, I, I don't know if you can explain what that is. It's the sports network is so cleverly named. Like so it, it took them tens of seconds to come up with the name of this, of this, of this channel. Whatever consultant is, they hired clearly was also hired by MLS to name this tournament. Exactly. No, it's, it's the main sports channel in Canada. Um, and we're actually, somewhat shocked that they picked it up because they've been terrible about picking up stuff lately, but the MLS is their main property. And I guess they fought off Dazen for it and no, I will not call it by its proper name. So <laughs> stupid. We, we um, wouldn't know if you did or didn't. But, um, so, cause you know, they, they picked up MLS last year. Um, so it was kind of a bit of a surprise that TSN has the entire tournament, but it's, it's more accessible for more people, you know, so you can you watch go. it online or you can watch it on TV. And I'm not doing a commercial for TSN, so I actually really don't like them very much, but it is what it is. The reason for the rescheduling has to do with uh, some travel and testing snafus. <laughs> um, Toronto FC got some, I guess, some inconclusive tests or, or a presumptive positive test that they had to get confirmed before they could fly down. Eventually, they all came back negative and and the team is now in the bubble in Orlando, but not for long enough to have anybody who may have caught it in the last days before coming into the bubble to uh, for that to incubate and show up on a test. So they have to be there essentially for a week uh, or five days or something like that before they're willing to play a game. So the game has been pushed back. Um, me, I feel a little guilty about this because back when they announced the the original schedule, I was disappointed that DC United didn't have any 9 a.m. games. Yeah. I was like, man, I wish they would have a maniac. And then, and then the monkey paw, the monkey paw just curls a finger. Yeah. <laughs> and and here we are. Uh, I, I was telling, I was passing this information on to the rest of the fellows on our podcast, um, just as I saw the news on the Twitter today. And one of the responses I got was, there's a 9 a.m. on Sundays now. <laughs> aren't, aren't we done with that? <laughs> and they were not amused. <laughs> Anyone with kids, young kids, they, that's not the 9 a.m. they're more likely to recognize. I'll say that much. Or was it just a Duncan? Of course it was Duncan. <laughs> How did you know? Uh, I, oh, I no, do wonder... I do wonder if, since Adam just brought up the the parent advantage at that hour in terms of getting things done, parents are um, have built a skill at that through uh, having to, through sheer necessity, um, whereas non-parents are still very much, you know, if you come around, 
to me at Sunday at 9 a.m. And, and I have to do something important at that time, I'm not going to do a good job because I'm there's not a time for doing a good job. Um, uh, is this game going to turn on which team fields the most dads? <laughs> Ooh, then I can't, I don't know really the, the parental compliment of uh, DC United. And we're missing. DC United. Like- so has a, has a bunch of new dads. Yeah, yeah they've got so, a bunch of so both of, our center backs have kids. For yeah, sure. Briant and Felipe are gonna have great games because they've got roughly a hundred kids each. Um <laughs> so they're gonna they do just great. Have the two, but they, they never stop it's, moving. You know, it, it always yeah, when when Felipe posts family stuff, it always seems like there are extra children because everyone is active. Everyone's yeah. doing something. Um yeah, so, Birnbaum's like, got a youngin too. Yeah, we're missing. Obviously, we're missing Drew Moore, who was like mm-hmm. the team's dad itself, right? Or granddad, big, depending. Big on loss in the dad category. Uh, but but you know, we still have Michael Bradley. You know, like that solid dad vibes right there. Chris Mavinga's little girl, um, Quint uh, Quint Westberg, obviously has lots of Munchkins. Uh, I feel like the defensive core. Justin Morrow's got kids. Like the defense is is good dad vibes. So like. You know, sharper. crossover Nick DeLeon, definitely. He, he's got yeah, kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, up top, oh, man. We're, we're, short of, we're short of dad material right now. Why'd you have uh, to remind yeah. me about Nick DeLeon? Uh, because I, I still stand Nicky. I love Nicky. I do, too. Um, hey, I still love does... Bill Hamid, and I hate you so much for still having him, but you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll get past it. Does Pipa Iguain have kids? Uh yes, all right. So this he, might be the posted, game he starts. <laughs> he, he posted a. There was a moment where it was like, I wonder oh if God, people I is on your team now. Jesus. Christ. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there was a it. moment I'm where it was. This game is going to go badly. <laughs> <laughs> he always it, scores he was, he was. He was doing. Um. He posted a video of him like we didn't know he was fully fit, and then he was like him and his son were doing keep away against their dog in like a very small portion of the basement. But because one of the people doing keep away was a professional uh, of Pipa's uh, stature, they made the keep away session look very easy against a pretty quick dog. Um, <laughs> that dog was just running in circles. It was pretty wild. Um, it was like, oh, I guess he's fit. And also, oh, yeah, he's really good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like where this conversation has gone, but I'm going to take it to a darker place because Toronto FC is far from the only team experiencing issues along these lines uh fc dallas most notably is out of the tournament after having i think 10 10. players test positive and And then then or like have confirmed positives and then a staff member on the team also have a positive uh i think all of those were upon their arrival so they somebody caught it before they left for Orlando and the whole team got it from, from them most likely, or maybe a couple people got it and introduced it to the team. Uh, it was not a situation where it was traveling. It was, it was uh, transmitted between teams in Orlando, which is good because I think if anything's going to stop this tournament, it would be that. And as wary as I am, and we'll get to that. Um, I don't want the disease to spread more, <laughs> um, which is part of why I don't want why I'm wary. Um, FC Dallas is out. Uh, Nashville SC is currently in limbo. Their first match, uh, which is supposed to be tomorrow as we record this, has been postponed indefinitely. 
uh, is scheduled to be against the Chicago Fire on Wednesday night. Nashville had five confirmed positives and was waiting on the confirmation tests on four more players. So as many That's as many. nine, as many as nine Nashville players and reports and rumors out of Orlando uh, are, are that no one should be surprised when they are asked to bow out uh, at which point, you know, maybe Chicago moves and takes Dallas's place and we just have six, four team groups and no six team groups, but a uh, bad situation regardless, which leads to my actual question. Should this actually be happening? Should this tournament go forward? Oh, like, no. Um, I think it's, it's a frustrating situation. Uh, obviously, you know, the players want to play, fans want to watch. However, all we do is watch the numbers in Florida go up and 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 up. Like it's, it's horrifying every time you look. And then you think about how different everyone's like, Oh, well they're playing in Europe. They're playing in England. Yeah. It's completely different environment. There's different numbers. There's a different situation in terms of how travel happens and all these different factors. And you've got different government leaders, different government. Well, it's, it's all of those things, you know, like the, 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 you know, Ontario's had its issues, but numbers here have been dropping fairly effectively for a while. And, and everyone was feeling, you know, starting to feel a bit safer, but regardless, you are, you're shoving all these guys into one of the scariest parts of the world um, right now in terms of uh, COVID rates. And you've already seen the pushback from players about having to be locked down. Although, Seriously, just, you know what, you guys will survive. Just yeah, I think up. that that complaint Stay has been a little problem. bit. Yeah, um, it hasn't been as loud. No, no. But also, you know, and then you've got, you know, like, look at Vancouver. Vancouver is going to get destroyed in this tournament because half of their starters have opted out for mm-hmm. familial reasons, um, whether they be, you know, family members who are pregnant, someone who's ill, Toss St. Ricketts is dealing with a pre-existing condition or something. Um, you've got Lucas Cavallini, who's dealt, had two deaths in his family from this. And so you've got, and then you have the big market players, you know, anyone who is surprised that Carlos Vela is not in this tournament, um, do you pay attention at all? And, yeah, exactly. You know, any of the players that have dropped out, no one can blame them. We, uh, like here, we've been calling for TFC to like, opt out entirely when that plane kept getting turned back which was hilarious oh, yeah. oh it's left atlanta yeah, mid-air oh, turnaround. It's back to atlanta it's not even landing in toronto so i think as much as we want to see our teams play and we really do it feels very rushed and not not as well thought out as it should be um and we think that the players should have an opportunity to be safe at home with their families for as long as possible until things are more settled or there's a more can, you know, a safer way to do this as safe as it possibly can be, which is tough because yeah, we all miss it. This is, this is our thing, right? Like this is what we do. Yeah. At this point, I'm not sure if there is a way to be safer in the home market, especially since so far all the cases have been from outside of Orlando. So far the bubble once is, is working teams are inside the airlock yep. of it once they're through that that initial quarantine and and everything they're 
they're catching things at the at the border essentially. So the bubble itself is weirdly intact. Um, I don't know how long good. it can stay that way. Yeah, that's right. great. There, there we, are we don't some... have an outbreak. We don't have community yeah. transmission within the bubble. That is when everything goes to hell. That is when the <laughs> league has no choice, I think, but to call this thing off. Yeah. Um, and that's what nobody wants, but we don't want it to get to that point either. And if, if Toronto is only going to be down there for five days before, not even five days before the first game they play, I'm not confident that that's right. an incubation period where there would definitely be a positive, especially since I don't think they get tested the morning of they're going to get tested the day before. And so there's that, there's, there's some question there and I'm not totally comfortable with, with playing the game, even on Sunday at this point, well, five days. Every time is the hell out of me. I, I like, isn't it? Like it's I, I always cutting it, it was, really fine. It was at least yeah. a week, like an actual week, not a yeah. business week. Like, like, <laughs> we're going to chill for a business week, guys. It'll be no. fine. Oh, and it's no, a business no, week no. with a bank holiday. Take the weekend off. Like, come on. I was like, <laughs> really? This seems odd. So yeah, when I saw the date was Sunday, I was like, Oh, that seems <laughs> weirdly early. Um, yeah, I'd be, I'd be concerned as, as players and coaches and referees and anybody. I, I think for some of the matches, um, Having Dallas forcibly withdrawn made a lot of sense. Uh, Nashville's probably going that way. But yeah, like you see, you read any Greg Vanny's interviews, he's obviously reluctant to do this. Um, but they're there and doing what they can. But, you know, you've seen the players that have shared uh, before getting down there, MLS Insider stuff or those pictures of the food. Um, you see it on their Instagrams and on their Twitters. And no one's censoring them. No one's sanctioning them for for the things they're saying. Um, they're not outright saying, this is stupid. We don't think we should be doing this. But a lot of them are verging on that. And I, none of the supporter groups in Toronto anyway, um, nobody, none of the vocal part of it, you know, everyone is really behind the players and very much we get it. But yeah, this five days thing is alarming as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think it, it's really difficult. I've seen some fans clapping back at the COVID Cup Insider Twitter account, which uh, I, I don't agree with telling players who are in this situation that they're wrong to be scared or to feel like they don't have an actual choice. Um, because if you are making $50,000 a year as a soccer player, um, and you say, I'm going to opt out of this tournament because I don't feel comfortable, you're risking your career because the team is going to say, oh, you're not a team player. We're not going to renew your contract next year. Mm-hmm. And you're you're out uh, of top flight soccer in the United States and Canada. You don't have a choice effectively at that point. So anyone who feels uncomfortable and like they're forced to play, I am on board with that. I'm, yeah. I'm on they are, I'm not going to say you're wrong to feel that way. I'm not going to say someone's wrong to feel excited to, to get back to playing, which it sounds like several players are that like players are not a homogenous bunch. They all have different oh. experiences and different risk tolerances and different levels of, of being up for this. And they're all, none of them are wrong to feel the way they feel. They, and it's, it, it sucks that a lot of them have to play scared now. Because you're not going to play at your best scared. And also, you shouldn't have to be scared (laughs) just as a human being. You should not have to live your life or work your job scared. And right now, they are. And that's that's 
wrong and it's bad. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think about the thing is, like, I'm sure some players are excited to be playing that are still also like, uh, I don't know about this. Yeah. Um, like, it's nice to get back to playing because that's what these guys have done for their whole lives. They've, like, directed everything at that. But then to have that, like, big gift after all this time away be, you know, coming in with the exchange of, by the way, you have to roll the dice on catching this terrible virus that could, you know, ruin your life or actually kill you. Um, or, or that you can transmit you to somebody else. Yeah. Right. Um, it's, someone you love, someone you know. Yay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I think we're probably finding that a lot of players are feeling a lot of extremes rather than one thing or the other. Um I was, you know, bringing it to Toronto, I was impressed, not that I was surprised, but I was impressed by the early advocacy from Bradley and Altador um, among some of the other veterans in the league, um, really going to bat for the rest of the players about, you know, what if guys don't feel safe? Um, What are we going to do about them? They actually were really advocating for the league to allow players to tap out and not participate. which is something they don't have to do. There are plenty of well, well-paid big star players who don't feel compelled to do that. Um, but those guys cared uh, effectively. So is all it came down to. They cared enough about the guys on their team, the guys they play against that, you know, they kick the hell out of each other all the time. But then it's like, well, I, you know, when you have the ball, I would like to kick you in the shin very hard, but I don't want you to like die. Um, and you shouldn't suffer consequences for deciding not to go potentially die. No, it's, it's good to see high profile players. Um, and honestly, high profile American players. It is an American league, uh, use, you know, in many ways, the players are using their platforms right now for various things to speak out on this one to advocate for the players themselves and their health and safety. It's, it's very welcome. It's a, it's a, it's a very nice, not nice is the mild word, but it's really, it's encouraging to see that um, and to see them come through uh, for, for their teammates and for other players in the league. So assuming things do go forward and DC United plays Toronto FC on Sunday, yes. let's, let's talk about that. Pretend everything is normal. Um, okay. Given the format of this, it's a it's a summer tournament with games pretty rapid fire. I uh, have to ask, has Josie Altador torn his hamstring yet? I'm just assuming yes. Probably okay. when he was sneaking behind Ben Olsen. So, you know, he probably didn't like <laughs> dodge properly and has torn it. Like he's not he's not fit. He joined the team late. Like, don't get us don't as fans, if we're looking at it purely from a non- empathetic, understanding, compassionate. I want to stay with my, my lady and my little, and my little boy and not travel up to Toronto, but I want to stay in Boca and then come to Toronto super late. So I'm like two to three weeks behind training with the rest of the team. And I'm not even sure why he's there. Cause he's not going to play. Like he just started training with the team like three days ago, like or training period sort of thing. Like he's not going to play in the first game. If he plays in the second game, I'll be shocked. So, you know, it's good that he's there as a teammate, I suppose. But yeah, I just assume that if he's not already injured, 
the second he plays in this tournament, he will get injured because it's Josie Altidore in the summer in a tournament, and that's what he does. So I'm going to just picture him as uh, he's going to be for TFC in this tournament what Drake is for the Raptors. He's just going to be standing there on the the field side seats because there's no other fans there. He may as well be there. He's going to waving a t-shirt around in the air. Okay, that's great. He's the guy that Drake is this so be, um, I watched the um, Bundesliga promotion relegation playoff and Werder Bremen had a um, woman staffer in the stands with a drum. And so they would just cut to her every, when there was nothing going on. They, they did it like four or five times. It's just her by herself uh, banging a drum and looking like not necessarily like it was the most fun thing in the world. But um, I guess that's. You know, that's a thing. Josie could just get like a trash can and um, <laughs> just find uh, an object or even just hit it with his hand if he has to and, and fashion himself a drum and support from the sidelines. Um, this tournament's weird. If if we're going to do this weird and dubious thing, we might as well find Hold some on. like. I, I need a new reality show where Josie Altador uses only things within the. Uh, MLS bubble and creates a two pole uh, out of whatever <laughs> is in the MLS bubble. What does Josie oh Altidore's two pole say? I don't. I don't know. Are you crazy? Are you dumb, brother? <laughs> <laughs> something it's like that. It just says the laboratory. Exactly. Yeah, something it, like that. It, it, I think he would do a good job. I think he would understand I the point so. of what he was trying to do and make it funny. Um, it wouldn't just be like, go TFC. No, <laughs> no. no. Or good luck, guys. <laughs> be, I feel like it'd be Play closer good. to it'd be closer Play to good. Fire Garber than good luck, guys. Yeah, probably. Um, well, since I mean, since we're on the subject of Josie not being able to play in this the specific game that most of our listeners are going to be mostly focused on, Kristen, who who steps in? Um, it's been so long since we had soccer to consider. Well, it's a terrifying question right now because uh, the one who we expected to step in um, was uh, uh, a, a young a young player who is now injured. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, is that is that Achara? That's Achara, and we yeah. love him. He is mm-hmm. delightful and also wonderfully outspoken on many things which we love. Um, but he is, yeah, he is, he's out for the season, which sucks completely. Yep. And so what we've got is a guy who hasn't played yet, Pablo Piatti, which we're excited to see him. We think we're not sure. And there must always be a Piatti in Canada. Yes, that's that's exactly right. The, those are the rules. But there can be only one, which is why the other one had to leave. Yes, of course. Um, but Patrick Mullins. We have, both, we have both Game of Thrones and Highlander rules applying at the same time. Oh, that's quite the crossover of universes. I like it. Um, and, and we're glad the other Piatti has left. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, Although as it's a, fun to watch. Yeah, I'm opponent, not glad because I don't get to watch glad. him anymore. Exactly. Um, Mullins, who I spent most of last year... Uh, giving grief to and uh, who would uh, occasionally score while I was at matches. And I figured he was just scoring despite me. And then he stopped. So whatever. Oh, he'll, he'll be able to spite us, his former team. 
Well, that's the whole, that's the hope right there. So savvy veteran, um, obviously Nick DeLeon, who is a delight, as you know, and has a, a you know, a penchant for some big time goals. Um, you know, there's, yeah, it's, 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 it, 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 the Pozuelo scores goals. So that's good. Um, it's going to be really, really interesting. He's not going to be able to, you know, va- I, I'm very curious to see how he ends up lining these guys up because it's just not, he's missing, he's missing like a good chunk of the attack. So it's going to mm-hmm. be, it's going to be a huge midfield as per usual. And since we have all the midfielders, that actually makes a lot of sense, you know, like um, Akinola, uh, I suppose, but he never starts and he's still very mm. young. Um, it's going to be Piatti and Mullins, I guess. Ugh. Is it, is it possible that we see the return of last year's playoffs, um, Pozuelo false nine thing that did get them through, but also I feel like, was not exactly pleasantly received in Toronto. It was, Oh, I hope not. It's such mm. a, it's such a waste of, of the player. And you could see the frustration for him. The frustration from the fans was known far and wide. I believe we complained <laughs> about it nonstop. It, it just, it, it flattens the whole team. It, it, it it drops everybody further back than they need to be. Um, you don't have the same attack-minded uh, uh, mindset from them, and you don't see nearly as much creativity. It just it, it it all the all the dominoes start like hitting each other off center, and nothing really falls into place when they do it like that. It, yeah, the fact that they managed to make it—I still don't get how they made it to the final last year. Don't ask me how. I watched it happen, <laughs> and I still don't understand it. But it was not you don't have to play pretty football all the time, but it's just not a good use of, of his talents. And I think that I'm hoping that Vanny is shying away from that. And again, we have no idea what Pablo Piatti looks like on the pitch with this team. We have no idea what that looks like and what that means for how he changes his lineup and how he shifts the attack around. So that will be interesting. And I, I don't even know if he's going to start. Apparently he's healthy. Everybody's mm. healthy, so that's the well, I shouldn't say everybody, you know, but people that were injured before the break are now back. Mm. So Michael Bradley's back. Uh Piotti is allegedly going to play. Um so that's very well and good. And it, it means terrible things for Liam Frazier, who will never ever set foot on the pitch for TFC, it seems. We feel so bad for him. He's such a good player, and he's gonna He's never going to get a chance. And it makes us so sad and so frustrated. It was the happy thing about Michael Bradley mm-hmm. being injured. Not that you want to see somebody injured. It was like, yes, Liam Fraser gets to play for like two months. Except for, of course, then he didn't start either of the first two. He didn't mm-hmm. play either of the first two games of the season. Thanks, Greg, being a jerk. <laughs> um, so, yeah, as, as a fan of Canadian soccer, but also as a fan of good players, Liam Fraser being nailed to that bench and like exiled is is depressing and hard to see and he won't get to play again anyway Uh, as you're talking about him i'm having this unfortunate idea that um bradley keeps playing so fraser eventually looks to leave and gets to stay in canada but he ends up playing for the cursed whitecaps um who appear just uh 
just appear to be an organization that is just unable to get anything right at any at any point. Um, or when they do get one thing right, they get three things wrong immediately thereafter. Um, and I wouldn't I wouldn't want to wish that on him. He doesn't seem like he deserves that fate, but well, it seems like like unless Bradley just decides to hang it up early, that I, what happens there? I don't I don't know. What, where, he, what, he, what does he do? Or what if he what goes if he to Columbus? Or what if no, he goes to Columbus he... and then resurrects the Trillium Cup? No, that's <laughs> No, we gave it to WKRPFC. It's theirs. We don't care. <laughs> don't care. This They're is. Or what even worse? He goes to Montreal and then. Oh. <laughs> See, that's that what I was going to say. Is the 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 idea of the Trillium Cup is like if. DC had a rivalry cup that we didn't care about with the revs um, because there's already an existing rivalry uh, that far supersedes this other one, um, which always made me amused. It was like, we never did better at these silly rivalry cups than creating the Trillium cup. uh, I feel like, yes, the silliest one we ever had. The name comes from Ohio and Ontario sharing a, a an flower? official flower, right? It's a flower, yes. It's the provincial flower and the state flower. In Ontario, it is illegal to pick a trillion. You will get fined. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. They Have you ever won. done it? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. My, when I was younger, my friend's dad, we'd gone camping and... Uh, I saw, I didn't, I don't, maybe it hadn't been drilled into me yet. And he literally like tore a strip on me. I hadn't done it. But I think he sensed that I might. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got like a stern talking to. About <laughs> and I literally like the fear of, of gods, you know, into me that I could never pick a trillion. It would So be- have you ever been tempted to go into Ohio just to like pick all their trilliums? Just like go hog wild, oh, just like throw in trillions everywhere. I don't care about their stupid laws, please. <laughs> I doubt that. It's Ohio. They don't have any laws about picking Good flowers, point. I'm sure. Good point. All right, so traditional last question before we we call it a segment and throw it over to the recording with Ben Olson. How would you approach this game if you were in Ben Olsen's very stylish sneakers? Um, what would you be trying to, to do against Toronto FC? That is an excellent question. Um, I would try to exploit um, the wings because the players that they're going to likely field, while good players, um, it's, it's, there's, there's excellent guys who play out wide not always the most defensive minded. Um, some of them are still kind of young. They overcommit. Uh, so you have, and, and some of them are getting a little bit older, so not as fast. Like Chris Mavinga, yeah, he's, he's a central defender. He's known to make those recovery runs. But when you have the guys on the outside, uh, Aro, who is, who is very fast and is improving as a defender, he, you know, he likes to hang on to the ball and he likes to just dribble just one too many steps. Just, you know, I just want to do just a little bit longer. Uh, Larea is, you know, if you just breathe on him wrong, he will fall. Um, <laughs> we all are slightly getting better at that. Oh, don't get me started. How many times I've yelled at him for that. But again, you know, he's a young guy, um, more attack minded than defensive minded. And that's going to sort of be the key is to crack those wings because you should have Bradley in the center 
Although who's next to him? Not sure. They will have, you know, Gonzalez and Mavinga on uh, the center of defense, Quentin Westberg, very capable keeper. So once you get there, it'll be more difficult. Um, but that's going to be the key to sort of exploiting this team is, is the wings actually. All right, Kristen, uh, our listeners who don't follow you on Twitter already, where, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at KZ Knowles on the Twitters and you can find the podcast at Boca Minority CA uh, on the Twitterverse as well. Thanks again, Kristen. Uh, listeners, please stick around. We'll have Ben Olson on the other side of this break. You're listening to Filibuster, the Black and Red United podcast. All right. Say you're at work and uh, something unfortunate or untoward happens and you need some legal representation to uh, to assert your rights in that situation, whether a boss mistreated you, you were fired unfairly uh, or, or, or something worse happens. Ben, in the District of Columbia and Northern Virginia, you know who to call, right? Yeah, you call the Ehrlich Law Office because you have rights. That's right. And your rights matter. And you deserve to be free from harassment. And you deserve to work. The Ehrlich Law Office handles workplace discrimination. They do civil rights. Uh, If you have a wage theft issue, they are there for you. If you have uh, a separation from your employer that you want to to get down on paper, and you're dealing with a a non-compete clause or, or something to to that effect if you uh if you feel like your civil rights have been violated by a local government call the ehrlich law office uh if you want a free consultation tell them we sent you go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster We're now just days away from DC United opening play in Group C of the MLS is Back Tournament, a uh, name that I guess they're sticking with. Uh, we might have to wait a th- an extra day and a half or so now, but we figured who better to, to walk us through the bubble and give us a glimpse of proceedings in Orlando than United's manager himself, Ben Olson. Welcome back to Filibuster. Thanks, guys. It's nice to uh, be back with you. How's uh, you guys doing Okay. Yeah, we're we're surviving up here. Yeah, so far so good. <laughs> uh, what are you drinking today? I am drinking Dasani purified water, um, and I'm not a fan of Dasani water, uh, but it's what they've given us here at the hotel. <laughs> and uh, I, I I I'm sober now. I I told you guys that last time. Mm-hmm. I was drinking, and uh, since January first, I haven't had a sip of alcohol. So. It's a, a new year for me. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> although, although this bubble might drive me to drink at some point. If it continues uh, with all these teams getting uh, the cases. No, it, it's been actually, it, it's been uh, much better than than I, I actually anticipated uh, here. You know, we're we're the lucky ones. I think most the, the teams that come here. And the tests go your way, and if you've done a good job uh, with your group at home, and, and uh, you're able to kind of do the you know, 12 hours of quarantine when you get here, and you get your negative test back, it's it's uh, it, it's fine. The situation's fine. Again, food's good. Um, the accommodations are are, are fine, and 
you know, once you're once you're out and about, there's uh, plenty of space to to roam around, and the fields at at um, the 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 sporting um, uh, the fields are great, and uh, I think everyone's really just excited to uh, get get playing again, and uh, we're all eager to get uh, get some competition underway. Uh, you mentioned that you guys are are like you said you're the lucky ones. You're you're feeling like things are going pretty well once you once you've gotten inside the bubble. Um, I, I've been thinking myself like what would it be like to have been on this and like it feels like that that trip down that twelve hours of waiting for those tests to come back um, would still be pretty nerve wracking. How are how are you guys getting through that aspect of it of just having this like these uncertainties that you have to wait through and, and, you know, still stay cheerful, still stay positive while potentially bad news could be coming. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think there was a lot of anxiety with that. Uh, you know, I, I think if we arrived now knowing mm-hmm. the situation, um, that, that Nashville is going through currently and, and certainly the Dallas situation, uh, I think there'd be probably a little bit more, um, it would be a little bit more nerve wracking, but you know, we, we had keep in mind, we've been getting tested three times a week for the last month and a half. So, you know, we, we had a pretty good idea of, um, uh, that we were, uh, okay. And, you know, of course things happen and, uh, these cases, uh, pop up and then they spread, but, no, I think we, we we felt pretty confident that we could um, get through that period uh, without any uh, without any positive tests. You know, we had a few right throughout this last two months. You know, you know we've had our our, our hiccups and uh, you know with uh, a few some staff and some players, but we've gotten through that. And uh, again, we feel we feel lucky that we can uh, you know get to the trainings and and. Uh, we're scheduled to uh, play a game. How are you keeping morale up now that you're in the bubble fully and you, you hear about the the new teams coming in and just the the struggles they're having getting into the bubble? Uh, morale's fine. Uh, you know, it's, the guys are excited to play right now. And the, the trainings have been great. We're, we're focused on... Uh, pushing our fitness and, and, and getting better, uh, you know, tactically and, and technically right now because it's still been choppy, right? Our preparation for this tournament, like every other team in this league, has been choppy. So we're still kind of um, get, um, getting the rust off and, uh, you know, hammering home some of our, our, our principle, principles on both sides of the ball. Uh, and then also with you know, one one eye on Toronto and, and uh, making sure we're dealing with ourselves, but we're, we're also uh, aware of their strengths and weaknesses and, and uh, uh, setting them up to win a ball game. You guys, I mean, you're mentioning, you know, how choppy everything has been um, in covering, you know, both of both of DC's pro soccer teams. The Spirit had their first game moved up at the last moment, moved up two days. You're having it go in the opposite direction. It's getting moved back a couple of days. Um, 
is that a big disruption or is there a positive aspect to that as far, just as far as the prep goes? Um, you know, Hey guys, uh, we, you know, we, we live in a, in a world of control, uh, coaches and, and, and pro athletes and, uh, which we, we, we're living in a time, um, where you can't control a lot of what's going on. And that's obviously in, in the bigger scheme, uh, uh, of, of the world right now, but also within our, uh, in within our soccer professional environment. So that's been spelled out pretty clearly, um, to the, um, Hey guys, Josie, how are you, man? You guys doing all right? Yeah. Um, uh, that's been spelled out very clearly to the players when we got here. So, listen, this is not going to go uh, as smoothly as the world championships that you've been through or the World Cups or Olympics. This is going to be prepared for this thing to veer off course. Um, and as long as you're, uh, again, anticipating that, I think it's a little bit easier to roll with the punches here. And, um, so, so that's been the message to the players and, and staff. And yeah, it's not ideal that, uh, you know, cause, cause we end up, we're, we're prepping for a Friday game and our period, periodization is all leading us towards one game and, and how we prep training again, tactically from, from a load standpoint, uh, from uh, preparation for, for them and, and whether it's film or individual meetings, all this is prepped for the game. Uh, and when that changes, uh, you have to alter some things. But again, it's not the end of the world. And in some ways, a lot of us have actually had to go back a little bit. And when the game was not as mathematical and spelled out on how you prepare, and that's okay. That's uh, I think we could all maybe use a, a little dose of that anyways. Um, our last episode, we had Julian Gressel on, and he... Um, kind of, kind of jokingly, kind of not jokingly, was pretty relieved uh, about um, dodging the 9 a.m. game. Uh, but now you have a 9 a.m. game. Um, I can only imagine how different that is from a, a prep perspective because you guys are usually nowhere near the stadium at 9 a.m. and now you've got to be, you know, the whistle's going to be going and game's going to be going on. Yeah, I, I haven't. We haven't had a 9 a.m. game since, you know. Probably I was 13. Uh, <laughs> so that that will be new for everyone. Uh, you know, it becomes a a six o'clock wake up call, and you know it's it's tough to eat at that time of day. And but again, it just goes back to we're living in a different time, and uh, it is you know the, the message is kind of look embrace this, man. We're we're, we're the lucky ones. We got negative tests. We're competing. And, uh, you know, we're all doing pretty well. And, uh, if we have to get up at six o'clock and, uh, prep for a game, it's, it's no big deal. We we can figure it out. And uh, I think our guys are uh, excited for, for for the challenge. We want to get out of the group. You know, a lot of players don't get this opportunity. Mm -hmm. If you think about how many players, go to not many players go to the world cup or the Olympics or world championships, you know? So this, most of most players in this league go to uh, play club ball and they play club seasons. And this tournament 
uh, format is not something you get as a player all the time. I've been lucky enough to go through the World Cup and the Olympics and youth championships, uh, youth world championships. So I, I, I know this rhythm and uh, I've experienced it, but a lot of players haven't. So it's, I think there, there's quite a few of them that are very excited to be a part of, you know, get trying to get through a group and uh, get into some knockout stages. Talking about that rhythm, uh, one of the things I think of with tournaments like this is the quick turnaround between games and and kind of the different approaches you can do as far as squad rotation or, or trying to ride uh, your main group through. How are you looking at this, especially with regard to some of the guys on the bench, some of the younger guys who are looking to break through? Yeah, you know, we, we tell, our, tell ourselves and staff that this is, this is important to um, start to get players uh, particularly youth players, some experience, um, and but they also have to be ready and they have to help this team. Uh, so it's it's a balance. Uh, we do have a lot of faith right now in in, in Kevin in particular, uh, Paredes and, and Griffin, and uh, we've had a uh, we we've had a uh, uh, an injury with Boateng in the short term. So that opens up a, a window for some of these young guys, uh, in particular those two. Uh, to get some minutes, uh, the, the fourth, the, the five subs help that will uh, enable you to, uh, of course, you know, be a little bit uh, more loose with how you go about the game and subs. But you're going to need that. You know, we're not fit. Nobody's fit. Not, there's not one team who um, in here that is uh, at, at, at a at a good fitness level. So uh, the the substitution side of this is going to play a big part of it. And we've had a lot of discussions about it and how to go about it. Uh, but ultimately, you're reacting to the game. You know, sometimes the game needs uh, two subs or, or uh, you, you can't predict what's going on in the game. So as much as you can anticipate how you're going to go about the game, um, uh, shit happens. And, and you, 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 you're, you're both reading the game and putting that together with your thoughts uh, pr- uh, before the game on uh, your substitution patterns. Uh, you know, speaking of that, um, you've had time to watch a lot of other leagues uh, throw, you know, get a deal with this five substitution situation um, and kind of come up with their different approaches. Some coaches are approaching it like it's nothing's changed at all. Some of them are getting really, aggressive with early subs or, or mass substitutions. Um, how much does that help prepare? Because you've, you've now watched some other people sort of do the dry run of how to deal with this. And now you get to sort of pick and choose what they've, what they've done, what works, what doesn't work. It's, it's hard because there's game scenarios. Uh, you know, they know the team very well. It's who's sitting on the bench. Some of these teams have the luxury of having, uh, some pretty impressive players that uh, the the level doesn't drop off, um, and you know then there's uh, you know you, you know sometimes you throw too many subs in, you know you do a triple sub all of a sudden, and uh, that's that's a lot of uh, different players on the field all all of a sudden, and they better be really well versed in who you are as a team and what to do. Uh, and be well versed in those relationships around them on the field. Uh, so hopefully, you know, we've been doing a lot of mixing up of teams. 
throughout these last couple weeks, anticipating uh, the substitutions. So uh, trying not to just play first team versus second team and making sure everybody understands their role. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out. Uh, we're, we're excited about that. You know, do, do you use five every time? I, I doubt it, but, you know, I, I think three, four uh, is still the a, a, a sweet spot. But, hey, listen, it's, it's nice to have the extra one. And with injuries that are happening all the time, uh, and as I said before, you just never know uh, these, these, these games. Uh, it's going to be hot, and the fitness levels aren't great from a lot of guys. So I'm I'm not sure. This is this is my first time in this whole thing as well. You've hinted uh, during this layoff that uh, you were pondering some changes to the setup we saw in the first two games of the year back in March. We know you've watched the tape from those games um, during the the intervening time. Uh, what have you seen in those, and you know what can you tell us about what you have planned without you know without giving too much away. Uh, yeah, there were some things that we liked out of that first two two games, and and particularly um, uh, how we set up offensively. Uh, there were some positional changes that we were going to tweak uh, going into uh, the Cincinnati game. Uh, then. And with that, I think uh, we've actually changed up uh, our, our defensive system as well over the last few weeks. So definitely we're, we'll have a different look than we had um, in, um, in the game against Miami. And, uh, you know, as I've said many times, we're, we're a work in progress. You know, we uh, have a, a new front three, four players and, uh, different profiles than we had uh, the, uh, certainly in the in the attack. We, we feel like we were still very sound or still very uh, a sound defensive team, and we want to build on that, but create more chances uh, and finding that balance uh, of still being a, a really defensive, uh, gritty, tough team, but also being expansive at times. And, and making sure uh, we're not always uh, asking our, our, our defenders uh, to have shutouts to win games. Ben, you recently joined social media. You you had hinted that you might join Instagram, and and now you've gone and done it. Uh, what's it like now that you've logged on? I I don't know. Um, <laughs> It is. Uh, I, I've I've actually enjoyed it. You know, I don't spend that much time on it, but uh, I'm glad I did it. Uh, I uh, I wanted to know what it was like a little bit because of I'm a father. Uh, I'm assuming my kids are going to be on that, and I also uh, it is a platform uh, for me to express my views. I do think I do have a, a few fans out there that are actually interested. Uh, on on who I am as a person and, and how I live my life, uh, and um, yeah, I, so far it's it's been okay. But look, I, we haven't we haven't had a loss yet. Um, 
So I'm also realistic on, on how this plays out. And, uh, but I also have thick skin and I, I understand that part of it too. And, uh, I'll see, I'll see. I can always shut it down at some point if it's not something that's, um, something that's positive in my life. But for now, uh, I, I've been, uh, yeah, I've enjoyed it. Have you guys seen it? I mean, can I get, yeah. get what's, what's the feedback? Uh, I mean, I'm, a, I, I, I'm a terrible judge. Like my, my own Instagram account is just extraordinarily boring. Uh, so uh, I might not be the best person to give you feedback. It seems, it seems like uh, I think you posted one of your, um, your son uh, dancing. That's I think people, people are going to be positive about that. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, we'll see. We'll see how this plays out. It's a little bit of an Mm -hmm. experiment on my, my end. You know, not a lot of coaches uh, do this probably for the reason of, you know, coaches get a lot of shit and it's, uh, but again, I have thick skin and, and, uh, um, I really haven't narrowed in on the sole reason why I'm doing it, but, uh, I wanted to check it out. Uh, I guess kind of on that that note, I know now that you're back in the swing of having real games, there's probably not very much downtime, even though, you know, you're at the bubble, you're separate from your family. So it's training and then mostly game planning, I assume. Is there anything you're doing to sort of um, break up what whatever uh, downtime you do have? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been it's been it's amazing how quickly you become consumed again with, with the, mm-hmm. with the job. There's just a lot of, a lot of layers to it. And, um, as much free time as we have, uh, there's still, still always something to do. Um, but, uh, no, not really just, just working with the group and uh, making sure we're prepared. Uh, again, the, the, the situation here, if, if you are, you know, the, the, the teams, the majority of the teams have been, negative and, and are out and about and uh, training. And I think it's a, it's a really uh, good situation. And I think everybody's excited for the games. Of course, the few teams that got caught and, um, uh, and kind of had to be stuck in the rooms for a while. It's, it doesn't seem like a, a real pleasant experience, uh, but I, I still think this was, uh, this is worth the risk for the sake of, you know, the MLS and our fans to, to get the sport back on television. And I, I think at the end of this, everyone will be um, very happy that uh, we came down here and put on hopefully a good show for uh, the, the MLS fans and a lot of fans, uh, uh, hopefully a lot of new fans of this league because uh, there's not, not a lot of sports on still. And, and it's an opportunity for us to showcase the league. Well, Benny, before we let you go, can you tell us your Instagram handle so our listeners who who haven't already can go follow you? Mm, I don't, I don't really know it. Um, uh, yeah, I, well, I'll I'll pull it up when we do our outro. And I'll, I'll yeah, it I, I know it's it's some version of Ben Olson fourteen, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not quite sure. I should I should memorize that one, huh? <laughs> uh, it, it, if you're going to be online, you might want to, yeah. Yeah, I'll figure it out one of these days. Um, well, thanks. All for, right, guys, I got to run the training. All right, good luck. Stay safe. We're rooting for you. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks, man.
as promised, I went and looked up Ben Olson's Instagram handle. It is Ben Olson underscore 14. So follow him there. That's it for us this week. Thank you all for listening. Um, find us at blackandredunited.com and patreon.com slash filibuster on Twitter. We are at filibuster DCU or at black and red U for the website. Send your emails to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can download, subscribe, rate, review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Mostly, though, tell a friend about the show. So when you're having a Zoom call uh, for a watch party this Sunday for, for the DC United Toronto FC game, just mention the podcast. That's about the nicest thing you can do for us. Or for just Dave share your screen and just hijack it and start playing the podcast to anybody on a Zoom call that you're on. I won't endorse that but i will say that hate listens still count as listens so do with that information what you will for jason and ben and thanking Kristen knowles and ben olson one more time i'm adam taylor and we will talk at you again real soon say goodbye jason probably should have kept the first outro yeah we should have. <laughs> i can still edit it back in <laughs> yeah, yeah well now you have the choice ben which there you which, go yeah which, which one really, sounds Undercutting of Adam, do you want to keep? <laughs> we'll just have to see. Uh, My life is one giant. Uh,